Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay or just go to their website, theticketking.com. Again, that's theticketking.com. Our listeners can save 10% off of all Ticket King's already low prices on Packers tickets by using the code PT10 when they order at theticketking.com. Offer expires August 31st. Again, that is PT10. That's the code you want to enter at checkout to get 10% off your Packers tickets. You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com. You're listening to No Huddle Radio on the Packers Talk Radio Network, your home for in-depth and thoughtful Packers analysis. I'm your host, J.J. Leahy. My co-host is my good friend, Gil Martin. In addition to this show, I host Cheese and Packers. Gil is the host of Locked On NHL. He also writes for the Packers Post and Cheesehead TV. We're here to talk Packers because you're all here for one thing, and that's a love for Green Bay football. Gil, we got our first preseason game coming up. Uh, what tomorrow? So we're let me think here. We're posting this on Friday. The game is Friday, isn't it? Friday night. Yeah, yeah. Exciting. Uh, I'm a, I'm a little on the foggy side because I haven't <laughs> slept all week because I'm I'm a dad now. This is yes, exciting. and definitely want to wish uh, congratulations to you and and the wife and uh, you know. Uh, exciting times for J.J. Leahy and the Leahy family and wishing you all the best. Thank you very much. We're so excited. Got to welcome a little girl into the world, and uh, she has already just got me wrapped around her little finger. So (laughs) So, uh, we actually only just got home from the hospital just uh, an hour or two ago. Well, okay. Time time is flying. A couple hours ago now. Um, And... uh, but we, we decided we wanted to chat some Packers. And so we're, we're just going to keep it kind of low key today. Uh, talk a little bit about what we are both individually looking forward to in this preseason game. And go over some of the news because a lot's been happening in Green, B, Green Bay. But first, before we get to any of that, we want to thank our sponsors. Gil, take it away. All right. Absolutely. Want to thank our sponsors. Let me tell you about our new partner, Athletic Greens. We were recently introduced to their new health supplement, AG1. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all these things. And it's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and 
five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash emerging. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Athletic Greens is foundational nutrition for just about everyone. 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced nutrients in one tasty scoop. So back to you, JJ. All right. Uh, also, another little announcement. So I screwed up the upload last week. Um, if you tuned into No Huddle last week and we were talking about special teams, then you heard the right episode. Um, if you just heard us just talking about general training camp notes, um, I re-uploaded accidentally the previous week's podcast titled with last week's um, title. So uh, I had somebody reach out to me and say, man, I really like what you're saying about David Bakhtiari on today's episode. I'm like, what are you talking about? We talk about special <laughs> teams. You listen to an old episode. And so I went and started playing it. I'm like, why are we talking about? I don't remember talking about David Bakhtiari for 10 minutes at the beginning of this special teams episode. Finally realized, oh, this is this is the wrong audio file. So if you did not hear our huge special teams conversation last week, you were probably one of the first few people to download the episode in the, the earlier hours of the day. And uh, so go back, re-download it or, or re-listen to it, and it'll be a different audio file with more information. Um, special teams, you know, we, so we did this massive deep dive into special teams last week. And we kind of, I think, came away from it saying that uh, maybe there was still something lacking from a personnel standpoint at a few different positions. And it sure seems like the team agrees. First of all, I think overall my takeaway, and Gil maybe would not agree with this, but my takeaway was that the general vibe is that this past week of training camp has has been a little bit more on the discouraging side, um, particularly for offense and special teams. Like mm-hmm. defense is just killing it, and then offense is underwhelming in a way that they were not for the first week of special teams or uh, of of training camp. And then special teams just not giving you a lot of confidence or hope, kind of at any level. Yeah, you know, you have that sort of question: Is the offense? struggling that much or is the defense that good and what's you know where what's the cause and what's the effect kind of a thing I think you're struggling offensively in two specific areas you without Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins the offensive line is very unsettled and then you know wide receiver and to a lesser extent tight end but because of Tunyon's injury but Mm -hmm. especially wide receiver you don't know who the starters are going to be. You don't know what the roles yet are going to be. And I think, you know, those are the two main areas of disappointment. But to me, offensive line, like receiver can sort itself out, and I think it will. But offensive line, if there's no Bakhtiari and no Jenkins to start the season, that's sort of the engine that makes the whole thing run. Yes, And without yes. it, I'm very concerned. Yeah, I, I think um, so. We'll we'll circle back to the offensive line thing in a second because uh, I think that's really important. Um, but uh, on, on the special teams note, 
Gutekunst brought in on August 9th 17 players to do workouts. And I, I would say the vast majority of them appear to just be special teams guys. You got a couple offensive linemen sprinkled in, sprinkled in there. Uh, Drew Himmelman from Illinois State. Uh, let's see. Uh, Aaron Cervais from Syracuse. For the most part, though, you got a lot of uh, running backs and DBs who you think could handle some return work. You got one, two, three punters. You got two kickers, uh, one, two long snappers, uh, just, uh, just a pile of returner guys. Um, uh, a couple of the most famous names on here. You got Kalen Balage, uh, I, the running back who I famously have been kind of making fun of for years uh, when he was with the Dolphins. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick threw a pass to him and Kalen Balage ducked so that the football would not hit him in the face. <laughs> the football that was intended for him to catch it. <laughs> so <Whoopsie>. um, <laughs> not really sure why we worked him out, but uh, Aldrich Roses is a kicker who in I think the 2019 season was one of the very most productive kickers in the NFL uh, played for the Giants at that point and kind of fell off a cliff the following year. And I don't, don't really recall him doing anything in 2021 either. But Roses, uh, a guy who has gotten it done before, they did end up signing two guys that they worked out. One was Dexter Williams, the Dexter Yay. Williams, our uh, 2019 sixth round pick, I believe. Out of Notre yeah. Dame. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, you know, I always really liked Dexter Williams a lot. Um, Matt LaFleur said, where was it? Uh, he said Dexter Williams can jump right into the offense. He said he was really hard on Dexter the last time he was here, but said he was one of the hardest workers when he was <laughs> here and said he's excited for him. I thought that was a little bit of an understatement when he said that he was hard on him. Yeah, my impression when Dexter was here was that Lafleur couldn't stand him. Um, so, uh, I, I mean, to, that, I always, that's from a million miles away. But. Yeah, I, I always thought what it was with Dexter Williams. Everybody saw that he could run with the football and be effective at the NFL so wiggly, level. Yeah, but pass protection, pass it. receiving, yeah. and and picking up blitzes, you know. Uh, the things he had to do when he didn't have the football were the reasons that he did not really become a big part of the offense and was eventually let go. Uh, but, you know, could you see him as anything more than a camp body at this point? Um, <clears throat> so I, I think this is one of the things I'm going to be interested in, in this uh, preseason game. I think with the, uh, lack of depth they have at running back right now. I think Dexter is actually going to get a uh, probably a pretty fair workload during this game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if nothing else, he's going to be given the opportunity to earn a roster spot. I would say right now he's probably uh, one of the first guys getting cut. If, if they need his roster spot, that would be my guess. But I, I do think that, he's going to be given that opportunity to uh, win a roster spot fair and square. And man, if he has learned something about pass pro in the uh, year ish that he's uh, been away from the team, 
man, that would uh, go a long way, I think, for uh, getting back in the good graces of LaFleur. Absolutely. Look, I always liked his potential, and I'd love to see him be more effective. And realistically, he, he's shooting for the third running back spot. I mean, that's oh, yeah. that's the opening, or you get him back on the practice squad. But uh, there is an opening for that third RB spot. And like you mentioned at the top, he knows the system. He knows the offense, uh, which means he can hit the ground running when – you know, once he gets here and when now he is here. So I'd love to see him get a chance. Uh, another update that we got when uh, Goody and LaFleur were talking to the press. Goody was talking about, and, and maybe this was spurred on by Aaron Rodgers' comments about the offensive line, because Aaron was just pretty much laying it out there that, like, we need help here um, mm-hmm. at the offensive line. Uh, you know, pretty much said, like, the, the, the young guys either need to step up or we need to bring in a lot of help or, you know, some, some serious help in, in free agency. Right. And Gutekunst, I think kind of shot that down a little bit in his answer. This is my interpretation reading the tea leaves. He said that he's looking, he's always looking for veteran help on the offensive line, but he made it sound like Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins are coming back and that they are maybe coming back sooner rather than later. Uh, he said, with Bakhtiari and Jenkins coming back, it's different now than it has been in the past when they actually had a big hole at the position. So um, he said that they will be back. They both have a chance to play early in the season. He said, ideally, he wants Bakhtiari to play in week one, but he noted that both of those guys need a quote-unquote ramping up period before they mm-hmm. play. And so, you know, kind of indicating that we will not be caught off guard by one of these guys playing because we'll see it coming in practice that they're going to be getting that ramp up and, and we'll know when it's coming. But sounds like his goal is for Bakhtiari to play in week one. So, you know, if, if all of a sudden one or both of your tackle uh, spots is shored up by the return of one of these veterans, man, that changes this offensive line. I, I think you, you still have, real questions to be answered at center in that scenario. And uh, if you only get, let's say you only get Bakhtiari back, you still have questions about right tackle, but it's, I I think that the guard spots are kind of locked down. Now they, they certainly have given uh, what you're looking, you're looking at me. I'm looking at you because I don't see how right guard is locked down just yet. Um, well, I, I, but I think that they have a pile of guys that they feel good about at right guard. It's just a question of do those guys need are the, are those guys needed elsewhere, elsewhere. You know, to play tackle instead? Yeah, is see, what I mean. I don't know. Uh, the one thing about the offensive line, the way it's constituted right now, mm-hmm. no player, as long as Bakhtiari and Jenkins are out, has started more than sixteen games in their NFL career. And the two guys who have started 16 games is Royce Newman and John Runyon Jr. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, started eight. Yeah, I mean, we, we're all five. we're all uh, very aware of how bad the situation is. Yeah, you know, but we're 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 looking for like if we get one of these guys back, how 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 close are we to a good situation as opposed to like right now? It feels like we're in a 
um, almost terrible situation at offensive line based on the way that Rogers has been talking about it. And based on their struggles against what is quite possibly the most formidable defensive line in the NFL um, on, on the Green Bay Packers defense. Yeah. I mean, I think if you see, there's two conditions. The, the, the first question is when does Bakhtiari and or when do Bakhtiari and Jenkins come back? Right. And then the second question is how close are they to the players that we've seen them be in the past? Mm-hmm. And maybe the in, in, in between question is how long does it take for them to get to that point? Right. So, you know, we may get Bakhtiari, let's say he's ready to go in week one, but he may not be the David Bakhtiari we know and love until week six. Uh, that you know, you know that that is possible. But I will note that when he played that half a game against the Lions last year, all right, look, you know, we saw the negative effect that it had on his body to have played that time. But when he was playing, he was himself. He graded out very well. Mm-hmm. He, he did not look like he had been gone for a year. There was no rust. It was oh. Yeah, I know that guy. That's Bakhtiari. Anybody who goes up against him is in trouble. Um, turned out, you know, his knee was also in trouble after the game. Which right. Is, uh, why they pulled him at halftime. But uh, Bakhtiari, I, I don't have really any concerns about his level of play. Obviously, you have concerns about maybe, uh, you know, exacerbating the injury. And like, you know, he plays a week or two and then they have to, you know, sit him again for a while something like that. That's obviously a a massive concern where I much more so agree with you is with Elton Jenkins, just because we haven't seen him and his, uh, his, you know, Bakhtiari is dealing with a knee issue that is no longer the ACL. He made that very clear. Elton Jenkins is still on that time timeline of he's trying to recover from the ACL Mm-hmm. And we know what a huge impact that can have on your level of play. I, you know, I, I've been a proponent of the idea of let's not stick him at right tackle immediately when he comes back. Let's let him play uh, somewhere like center or left guard that's a little bit less physically demanding. And, you know, maybe a spot where he can not be fully physically up to his his level you know, that he had been previously, but we can take advantage of the massive mile uh, gap between him and anybody else mentally who could be playing there. Well, I I wonder about, you know, whether I I think what will happen is, and again, I think it'll depend on how quickly uh, Jenkins is ready to come back. And Mm -hmm. then also how well or how poorly the players who are, playing before he gets back are doing I think and that makes me nervous because I really don't want them to rush him back earlier than they should agree because they're panicking because they're not getting good play from other guys and and unfortunately that is a distinct possibility that we don't want to see happen but to me they're going to plug Jenkins in where he's needed the most and whether that's right tackle left guard right guard I mean I would or center uh, I would think it would either be right guard, center, or right tackle, depending on how the players who are replacing or who are, who are starting the season at those positions are faring. Uh, but, you know, you don't want to rush them back 
As far as Bakhtiari goes, to get back to that, yeah, he looked fine in uh, the game against Detroit last year. But you're also talking about someone who is now on the wrong side of 30, who has played a grand total of 27 snaps in two yeah. years. Yeah. So I, 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 I'm not saying he's not going to come back and be fine, but I, 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 I have to understand. see it. I have I, to. I do it. understand the concern, and I think I think talking to fans and and to listeners, it, it it seems like everybody is a little bit too quick to jump on that. Oh, that's where he already is. He already is at the spot where, um, you know, we're we're he's he's not the same guy because of his age and stuff. I I, I hear that a lot talking to talking to fans and and listeners of of the show that you know, the sort of a hopelessness of, Oh, you know, he's, he's too old. He's washed. And, and the way the coaches talk, the, the way Goody talks, the way LaFleur talks and, and Aaron and the way that he looks in practice, I, 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 I acknowledge that it is possible that he's not quite where he was, but I haven't seen anything to indicate that we, we have, I think enough concern about his knee moving forward. I don't need, I don't think that we need to also pile on um, concern about his level of play that has been pretty, pretty much flat out denied by uh, Goody and LaFleur. No, no, I, I, I understand where you're coming from. The one thing that I can't stand, and I see this on social media all the time is people who are writing him off altogether. He's washed. He'll never play again. It's over. Asking if we can get the money back. Yeah. what what, You know, that that to me is way premature. Is it Mm -hmm. a concern in the back of my mind if if the season starts and he's still not ready to go? Yeah, but it's not at the forefront where I'm panicking and saying, yeah, it's over. There's no – David Bakhtiari is is toast. Well, and you heard Aaron just talking a couple days ago – Certainly forget the context. I think it was like, you know, how come he's not out here right now? And he's like, uh, well, this is a guy who's planning to play for six or more years, and he needs that knee to, you know, uh, last him a long time. So we're not, that's why we're not giving him meaningless reps in whatever practice when we don't right. feel like we, we have to. So, and, and I think in the long run, it is more important for the Packers to have Jenkins and Bakhtiari at full strength and ready to go in December and January and maybe even February than it is to have them ready for the first few games of the season in September. So if given the choice, I'd rather err on the side of caution rather than, oh yeah, we have them out there for that very big week two game. Uh, I need them out there for week 15, week 18, the, the playoff rounds, hopefully, that we are all anticipating the team will have Jenkins and Bakhtiari. If they're, I mean, that's like getting players at the trade deadline in baseball. If they're healthy and you're plugging in your two best offensive linemen before the playoffs start and they're back to a hundred percent or close to it, that is huge for this team. So here's a fun guy to talk about. This is somebody I'm looking forward to seeing uh, in this preseason game, let's talk about Caleb Jones. He's God. a 2022 undrafted free agent. And he, at the time we picked him up, he was, as far as I could tell, the tallest and heaviest uh, 
well, you know, I don't know if like in history, if he's the tallest and heaviest in the history of the franchise in the history of the Packers. Yeah, I, that's yeah. what I thought it was. So he was yeah. six foot nine, which is two inches taller than Yash Nyman. Yep. And he was 370 pounds at that point, which is like 50 pounds heavier than yeah, uh, um, uh, TJ Slayton, the, the heaviest player on the team. So Caleb Jones has lost a bunch of weight, 32 pounds, uh, according to Bill Huber. And uh, Bill was describing that Caleb is moving a lot quicker now that he's shed a bunch of this weight that was not wasn't muscle weight. (laughs) Uh, Big guy, um, but he's moving a lot quicker now. And he has been getting some looks um, on the offensive line, actually running with the twos, which Mm -hmm. I find quite interesting. Looks like at left tackle. Obviously, in a perfect world, David Bakhtiari or Elton Jenkins is your left tackle. But of the available guys, it seems like your three options in order from uh, first to worst. Yash Nyman is ahead of Zach Tom, who is ahead of Caleb Jones. But that's where he rests is at at number three at the left tackle job uh, when Bakhtiari and Jenkins are out. And I find that interesting and I'm excited to watch him play. Uh, he's a guy who we were excited about the second we picked him up, but obviously, you know, you, you had to recognize that there was a pretty significant gap, um, you know, in his level of play at the time we picked him up to where he'd need to be in order to be getting any kind of starter snaps. Yeah. Very, very similar to like where Yash Nyman was at when we brought him in. And how long did it take to get Yash into a game? Much longer than it has taken Caleb Jones to be getting looks uh, at the second string in practice. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Well, I mean, I I look at Caleb Jones as an intriguing prospect. Yes. I I, I don't think I'll say it this way. Uh, If if week one, our starting left tackle is Caleb Jones, that means one of two things, either we're in. Yeah. It either means he made a huge, huge jump in his play or we're in deep, deep doo-doo. Yeah, I mean, no, those... Nobody's talking about him as a starter. Exactly. But it, what, I what think we, what we're a... talking about him as is the new Yash Nyman, the, yep. the developmental yep. super freak athlete who has sky high potential if he can ever tap into it. That That's what we're talking about. Correct. That, that what we want for Caleb Jones is win a roster spot or at least win or a practice practice, practice squad, squad spot right. and stick around for a couple of years. That's what we're looking for out of Caleb Jones. Exactly. And that's why I'm looking forward to watching him play against the 49ers. That Likewise. Could be a lot of fun. Likewise. I want to see what he could do. I'm sure he'll be running with the twos or the threes, but uh, you know, that's where he should be starting uh, and, and who he should be competing against. And we'll see what he could do. I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, some of the potential He's an intriguing guy. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, those measurables, you know, he, he makes me think I'm going to get real obscure here. But I think it was around 1982, the Packers had a guy named Angelo Fields in camp. He was an offensive lineman. And he was about 6'6", 330, 340, which back in 1982 was, you know, Refrigerator Perry kind of oh, yeah. territory, even before Perry was drafted by the Bears. He did not make the team, but I remember in training camp, all eyes being on Angelo Fields. I think he played for the Houston Oilers briefly also. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, to me, Caleb Jones, when they started talking about his measurables, that's that's what popped into my head. 
let's uh, we talk about offensive line quite a bit. Let's talk about uh, some of the uh, special teams battles that are going on right now. Um, one uh, spot that's not really a battle right now is long snapper. Uh, so Jack Coco is the only long snapper on the roster currently since Steve Wortel was released. And, you know, uh, hate to be super mean about it, but I, my reaction to the Wortel release was it's about freaking time. Well, he just uh, wasn't consistent enough. No, very well. He, I'd say he was very consistent. At one thing having low snaps, right? Like right. just about every snap from that guy was low. Um, it was just, it was a little weird to me that everybody else who was involved in the blocked punt, except for Wirtel, who was inconsistent or bad all of last year, uh, everybody else got let go except for Wirtel. But Wirtel's gone. Uh, looks like John Runyon has gotten a couple little looks at long snapper, possibly, uh, which I find, you know, uh, just more just interesting than anything. Uh, you know, the, a, a guard is not exactly even what you want at long snapper. You want a a guy who has the physique of a tight end, not a, a a guard who played tackle at college, no less. So yeah, it's not like he has a big resume, you know, to me. Hand, uh, that, that you're talking about if Runyon is your long snapper, that's like in case of emergency, break glass. You know. Well, I I think that he was there in training camp, break emergency. It was right. I need somebody out there doing something. Runyon, we don't have another long snapper right now, so can you go do some some practice stuff here, just so that everybody else can keep practicing uh, their their special teams drills when Coco is busy doing something else. I I, I think that's really what it is. I agree. Um, the back, the Packers did work out punters, but the only punter on the roster right now still is Pat O'Donnell. Do you think they're going to bring in another punter? We talked about it a bit last week and we kind of said, well, they probably should, but they have it, but then they worked out three punters. So do you think they're going to sign another punter? Uh, if they do, I'm concerned in the sense that you're probably only doing it. You hope to give O'Donnell a little bit of rest right. during training camp rather than to really compete with him. So, you know, but if they, they worked out three guys for a reason. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, they could stash a guy on the practice squad, like uh, as a possibility, but you know, special teams still has me concerned and, and I like Basaccia. I like the attitude. I like the way he's going about things. I like the input that he has into the roster but the fact that he seems to be bringing in so many guys tells me maybe he's not happy with the guys that we have in right. camp right now. Well, and that's and a concern. Can you blame him though? No. Um, here, so here's a guy who I'm wondering if how much longer he'll be around, and that is uh, our second string kicker, Gabe Burkich. Yeah, dude has not been looking good. Uh, nope. Mason Crosby is finally back at practice. You love to see it. Um, I, I do wonder: are they going to keep Burkich? through the rest of training camp to provide competition to Crosby, or are they going to bring in a different kicker to come in and provide pra- uh, practice uh, competition for Crosby and, and, and have that be a guy that they actually would want to stash on the practice squad? Cause I think they will carry a practice squad kicker. And as of right now, I don't know why you would make that guy Gabe Burkich. No, he hasn't earned that spot 
as of now. And yeah, I think they do want, I mean, even if just for COVID purposes, in case, you know, that uh, Mason Crosby has to miss a game. If he gets COVID, uh, hopefully it doesn't come to that, but you need to have somebody available. And right now, Berkich is just not filling anybody with confidence. All right. Give me uh, two or three names on the roster that you are looking forward to watching uh, in, in this first preseason game. Uh, well, I got to start with Jordan Love. I want to see what he can do. Uh, this is his, you know, hopefully this is this is his biggest participation in meaningful games all year. Because once once the games start to count, we're hoping Aaron Rodgers is taking all the snaps that matter. Um, I want to see some progress from the kid. So I, I would start my list mm-hmm. with that. You know, everyone's saying how he looks better in training camp, more decisive, more confident, better footwork. Great. I want to see that, but I want to see it more in game conditions than I do in, you know, seven on seven drills and, and non padded practices. Um, let's see. Uh, here's a guy I'm really interested to watch. And that is Rico Gafford, because yep. I think, I, I think that he has probably earned himself a roster spot at this point based on his special teams contributions. Seems like he is our first uh, answer at kick returner. And if he can play well enough at on defense, I think that that roster spot is secured. But also, you know, it, it, it would be nice to feel a little, little bit better about the depth at uh, cornerback anyways. And you got a guy with his physical gifts. You know, I, I think for a long time we had kind of a, a low opinion of Rico because he was playing out of position at wide receiver and, and, you know, not really flashing there, but I mean, basically immediately as soon as the Packers moved him back to his old college position of cornerback, the dude has turned on the heat and seems to be showing off uh, what makes him special. Yeah, and it's been great to see. I, I am also interested in, uh, you know, getting a peek at him. And I think, got got to obviously, I'm going to add uh, Romeo Dobbs and uh, and Toure also. I want to see both of those receivers and what they could do, kind of for different reasons. But, you know, so much hype about what Dobbs has been doing in training camp on family night, I really want to see what he does in a game situation. Here's the next guy for me. I'm going to talk about uh, Kingsley and Nagbar. Um, have really just not been impressed uh, with him at all so far in training camp. You know, we, and we knew he had some limitations in college in run defense, just was not a reliable run defender at all. Pretty much purely just a uh, pass rusher. And right now, I don't know. He's he's really not impressing. He seems uh, certainly well behind the trio of uh, Ladarius Hamilton, Jonathan Garvin, and Tipa Naliai, who all three of those guys looking uh, like their roster spots are are pretty secure. And, you know, and and maybe um, I, I think Kingsley would um, have a little bit going for him in that he's a 2022 fifth round pick. Uh, you know, that, that you would want to give him a little bit of extra time. But if you're looking at how many um, outside linebackers the Packers typically keep, it, it, the answer is 4.7 over the last decade. 
and you know, with Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith and that trio I just mentioned, that's five guys right there. So uh, I think Kingsley needs to beat one of those three guys for a roster spot. Otherwise, you're looking at, I mean, here, here's the thing. You know, do, do you uh, weigh the um, uh, the potential he has down the road um, when you think that he can't really contribute this year? You know, how, how do you weigh that and balance that with with what you need from him this year? And I, I have a hard time thinking that Kingsley is a guy who could clear waivers and make it to the practice squad. Yeah, I think if you want to keep him around, if you're high enough on his potential, you've got to you got to keep him on the 53 man roster. Uh, and we'll see whether or not he shows a little bit more before training camp is over. Uh, another guy that I'm interested in looking at is Jake Hansen, who apparently is the favorite as of right now to be the next Lucas Patrick and yeah. be sort of the swing interior offensive lineman, you know, he, what has he played? Six plays on offense in his first two NFL seasons. This is his third training camp. I'm hoping again, that here's a guy who can live up to the hype and show us something to nail down that swing interior offensive lineman spot. And also if we're sticking on the offensive line, I want to see Zach Tom and Sean Ryan and what they could do. Yeah, my my last uh, name I'm going to pitch that I'm excited about to talk about or to, to see in this preseason game. It, maybe he's going to feel like a bit of a cop out because we already talked about him. But man, I'm I'm pumped to see Dexter, uh, you know, out there again, Dexter Williams, and partly because I'm not in love uh, the way that I usually am at this time of year with our depth running backs. Usually, I, I am of the opinion that all the, all the depth running backs we have are, are just freaks and, and massively talented. And I just want to keep all of them, you know, but I'm looking at, you know, after your big two, uh, I, I did not see a lot from Kylan Hill last year that, that makes me super excited or confident in him. And he is still on the pup list right now. So, you know, not even, uh, a, a consideration to be back anytime soon. Um, Patrick Taylor, a guy I've liked for a long time, but uh, banged up. up, uh, So he's probably not going to get any playing time this week. And when he has been, uh, you know, playing in practice, he's still been making some of the mistakes that you can't make. You know, he had a fumble, uh, you know, turn the ball over to the the defense in practice. Uh, That, that kind of stuff just can't happen. Uh, LaFleur gives, running backs a very short leash so mm-hmm. um I, I i still think taylor would be the favorite to win the running back three job but i think that his position there is quite precarious and so looking at your your other three options on the roster i like tyler goodson a lot i probably would put him considerably ahead of bj baylor and dexter williams i need bj baylor to give me a reason to keep him in camp. I just haven't seen anything yet to, to make me go. Yeah. I, I like having this guy around and I want to see more from him so far. I have not wanted to see more from him, um, <laughs> but uh, Dexter certainly provides a lot of juice, uh, you know, in his physical skill set. And as a runner, you know, he's, he's really not half bad. Uh, but, you know, I know in uh, 
the preseason games uh, a couple of years ago. His yards per carry was relatively high. I don't re- recall what it was off the top of my head, but I think it was it was pretty respectable. So I'm I'm, I'm excited to see him uh, out there. Yeah, and I'm going to add just one more name uh, at this point. I'm definitely interested in seeing what Amari Rogers looks like in mm-hmm. year two. And uh, you know, Sounds people like he's have, killing it in camp. Yeah, as, people as have a been wide saying good things. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I want to see what he's got, and you know, he he took off some weight and seems to be a little more comfortable in the offense and in the system. So let's see what. Amari Rogers 2.0 looks like. All right. Last thing before we wrap this up. So actually before our next episode of no huddle, we're going to have had our first cut down. Uh, the roster has have to go from 90 to 85 players. Um, August 16th. So that is just four days from the airing of this episode. So I think we should go through and make a couple guesses about where we think those cuts are going to come from. Uh, I, I will, I think I have probably three names that I, I feel um, really need to pop and show something in this preseason game, or they are going to be out of here. Okay. So um, one spot is going to be, um, so at the defensive interior, I, I just think that there are not a lot of jobs to go around. We have, I think I think anybody who's going to make the roster, their spot is kind of already locked in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would say at most or at best, you have one roster spot that's going to either Jonathan Ford, Jack Heflin, Akil Byers, or Chris, uh, Chris Slayton. Right. So I'm, I'm going to say I think Akil Byers um, is... Oof. I, I'm I'm not sure that he has shown anything to, um, you know, if, if you're looking at three or four guys who have to be cut at this position, I, I think he's probably one of the first guys out of here. Okay. Okay. That, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I guess the other question I'm going to, if if we're going anywhere, we know Danny Etling is not making the 53. He's almost certainly going to make the practice squad. So the question becomes, Barring injury, when do you let him go? Um, that's a hard question for me to care about. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I, I have not liked. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> Etling has not impressed me in any way. Um, but but I I do know that they they want at least three camp arms. They they usually like to have four camp arms. So the, even though I don't think that those depth quarterbacks really have any shot of ever uh, doing anything for the team, they're, they're going to still be around for a long time because you got a bunch of mouths to feed in practice. You need a lot right. of balls being thrown around. So, right. You know, do, do I think he has a ghost of a shot, at a roster spot? Absolutely not. But do I think that he's going to be uh, in this first group of five cuts? I, I, I have a hard time seeing that happen. Okay. Um, That's fair. But maybe, um, let's see, wide receiver, you know, Ishmael Hyman, I, I think has looked a little bit questionable. He just got here. I, well, I know he's got, he just got here, but in his time here, he hasn't, I, I haven't really seen any good plays from him. I've seen quite a few bad plays. Right. So I, I, I just, I, I think you have to stack some successes 
before you can get grace for mistakes is kind of where I'm at. Uh, you know, maybe tight end is a spot where maybe you have an extra roster spot to free up here. You know, how much have they seen from Sal Canella? I wonder. Right. Uh, well, to me, it's like, yeah, Belize Mack and Sal Canella. I think one of them may be gone by the yeah. end of, of this Dominique game. Daphne, by the way, has been looking really good. Did you see that catch that he made? It was like, uh, uh, he had to, he had to like spin the opposite way to get in position and snagged it with one hand. It, it made impressive. it look so easy. Oh yep. man, that really was impressive. impressive. I I like Daphne so much. We we better keep him. <laughs> I like <sighs> him too. We have so many offensive linemen on the roster. You know, it wouldn't make it wouldn't be super surprising for one of these depth guys who's just not really working out to get the get the axe. So I'll I'll just list kind of who you have down at the bottom. You got Ty Clary. Yep. Um, George Moore is the name that I think a lot of people have forgotten is even on the team. Um, Michael Manet has been getting some looks at uh, what was it? Like left guard, I think. So he's he's mm-hmm. prob- he's probably still in the mix. Um, Cole Schneider, I, I think, is going to stick around for a while. I, I would say George Moore and Ty Clary are, are, you know, and Ty Clary just got here. But George Moore and Ty Clary seem to me like maybe early options to look at if you need to free up a roster spot, which they need to free up five. So, yep. And at edge rusher, you know, you got, if you got uh Tipa and Ladarius and Garvin all uh, fighting for, for a roster spot and showing some stuff. And you got Kingsley as a fifth round pick. Who's not really showing some stuff, but They're probably still in the mix now. for it. No, no. But, but my point is you got four guys right there battling for, two or three spots uh, and, and then Randy Ramsey in the mix as well, who we know the team likes that leaves two other guys out in the cold entirely in Chauncey Manac and Kobe Jones. We just have not heard much from. So I, I do question whether there's any reason to let those two guys keep competing for a job at this point. Well, yeah, I, I think one of them is probably going to be one of the cuts, but again, we'll see what happens Friday night. All right, man, I'm pumped for this game. This is going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. And, you know, it's it's always funny. You look forward to preseason because it means the season is coming and you haven't seen a game in, in, you know, eight months, seven, eight months. And then it gets there. And if you're looking for great football games, you're probably not going to see them. There's a lot of interesting things to watch. But as far as high-quality football, well... I'm happy football's back. <laughs> Let's be honest. The the uh, people who are going to most enjoy the preseason, preseason games are guys like you and me who are uh, just really obsessed with uh, seeing some of these young guys, the undrafted free agents, et cetera, getting a shot to win an NFL job. You know, that's yep. that that's the that's the most interesting thing. So, you know, it, are the preseason games really worth watching from a football standpoint? No. But they are uh, so meaningful to these guys who a, a lot of them are on their very last uh, chance at, uh, you know, achieving their job of being an NFL player. And, and after the cutdowns start to happen, a lot of these guys are going to go get jobs elsewhere in the economy, uh, not playing football. And so there there is something magical about this that, you know, if, if they pop just right and they show something that intrigues a coach enough you know, maybe they, they end up being a, a crazy success story. You know, you look at some of the guys on this team who 
took time off. You know, Dominique Daphne was a bouncer working yeah. as a bouncer, you know, trying to make ends meet. And now, you know, he's, he's uh, arguably tight end three for the best team in, in the NFL. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> no small potatoes there. Um, uh, trying to think of who else, uh, you know, there's, there's been other guys who have been out of the league, um, you know, and, and came back I mean, shoot Alan Lazard, our wide receiver one undrafted free agent got, uh, cut by the Jaguars was teamless for a little while and the Packers picked him up and shoot. Then the Packers dropped him and, and then he got re-signed to the Packers practice squad. And it, you know, he just, you think about his journey to being the number one wide receiver for the Packers. And it's like, man, at any point he might've thrown in the towel or at any point, uh, NFL teams may have been done giving him looks and, you know, thank God that he was able to stick with it and that, uh, he was given these opportunities in these preseason games. That was when I really fell in love with him was in the preseason games in, uh, 2019. And I just was like, man, we gotta, we gotta find a way to keep him. And they didn't, they put him on the practice squad. And I was, I was just heartbroken. I'm like, man, I, I like that Lazard kid so much. Never dreaming that, you know, he was going to end up being what he was. I just, I liked him in the same way that I like a lot of these depth guys. Yeah, no. And there are always surprises in preseason and in training camp. Guys who coming into camp, you didn't think they would make the team in any way, shape or form. No chance. They're they're a camp body. There's always one or two surprises and it's always fun to watch the preseason unfold and find out who they're going to be. Absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for us today. We'll be right back here next week to discuss the uh, first preseason game and the cuts and any other breaking news. And man, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, but for now, follow us on Twitter at Gil Packers and at JJ Leahy to stay up to date on all things Packers or ask us questions. You can email us at astronauthuddle at gmail.com. Make sure you're subscribed to Packers Talk on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to PackersTalk.com for powering our show and thank you for listening. Until next time, go Pack Go! Go Pack Go! You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com